Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, everyone. I am Pamela Riccia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Anna Brown and Erica Ellis. Hello. Hello. So today we're going to talk about building community, and I am very excited to chat about it because at first, you know, it seems like a pretty simple idea, right? Find and connect with other people. But really, it's so much more nuanced than that. So I'm excited to dive into that. But before we get started, we just wanted to remind you about our shop. There you can find my unschooling books, book coaching calls, or buy one of our courses. And our newest course is Validation, which is a transformational relationship tool for building understanding and connection in our most important relationships, like the ones with our kids and our partner. All our course content is available in both text and audio formats, which Ever style works better for you. So maybe you want to listen on some days and you have a moment to read on other days. They can fit into the flow of your days, whatever they look like. You'll find it in our store at livingjoyfullyshop.com or just follow the link in the show notes. So building community, Anna, would you like to get us started? I would. So I'm pretty excited about this because I, I don't know, I have so many ideas bubbling around. So we'll see where it all goes. But I think where I want to start, because this is a question that comes up a lot on the network, it comes up, you know, just over the years, you hear a lot of, you know, friends for my kids, or what do we do about finding community, or there's not a lot of unschoolers around me or all these different pieces. And so I think the first kind of grounding place to be is we're just going to slow it down and take a deep breath and just say, okay, where are the messages coming from? Like when I look at my kids, are they happy? Are they asking for more? Are they okay with the relationships that they have? Do I see that they're wanting a little bit more? Is it me? You know, is it that I'm wanting more? Is it that I'm not wanting more? You know, and then I want us to talk about people are different in that way so that we can recognize that this is going to look unique to each family. It's going to look unique to each child. And so just really recognizing that there are some cultural messages of, you know, kids need to be with kids their own age. And it's like, hey, let's just pick that apart a little bit and see where it comes from. So I, I want to throw that to you all first, but wanted to start there. Yeah, I, I totally have heard that and felt that and right, all of those things. And right. So if we're looking at like our experience, if we did go to school as kids, like life as a kid looked absolutely packed full of time with other children. So it makes sense. Like if our children's lives are looking quite different from that, that maybe that could be a little jarring or like, is this okay? And kind of those questions can come up. But right, if we actually look at the personalities in our families, what our kids are asking us, how we're feeling, how they're feeling, and it's okay if I'm the one who is wanting more connection, and it's okay if my kids are asking for more connection, but right, just tuning into, is it just that everyone else is in school and in all these activities, and it's feeling like maybe we need to be doing that too, or is it really tuning into who are we? Are we happy with our lives right now? Yeah. I do think it's so valuable to take that moment and just really consider how much of it is stories and messages that we've absorbed 
you know, growing up and over the years, because, um, you know, I found myself jumping to community as kind of like the first answer as in, you know, oh, you're interested in this. Let's join the, the sports team. Let's go take a rec class like that community and that type of more conventional learning see is the first answer that comes to mind. Right. And so just really pulling apart that like, oh, okay. Does, that doesn't always have to be the answer. You know, what actually is happening here? What is something that, is this something that I'm just pulling out, right? And then even, even for our kids too, I think another thing that was always so helpful for me, even when my kids were looking for community maybe or looking for friends, was to realize this really wasn't about the unschooling. Right. At all, right? It it's it's really helpful to help them dig into it too. Like what is their need that they're actually looking to fulfill? Um, because often we can jump to, and our kids can too, jump to like friends, other people, groups, like those are the answers. But to take that time to just really dig it, well, what am I really trying to accomplish? What do I really want to do? Um, and just open things up again. Uh, can can be so so helpful I think yeah and I think maybe not to romanticize you know the past <laughs> because you know I, I think we can all and I did live in in a neighborhood where we were out and we were playing and there were kids around but it had its challenges I'm an introvert there were challenges to it you know and and thinking of school you know kind of segregating us by geography and age you know into a box of a room you know, it didn't always work. Like those weren't all the always the people that I connect with. And I think of my life now where I have friends, you know, 15 years younger and 15 years older. And so I think really we're so lucky in our life that we can, you know, really lean into what works for our children and for ourselves in terms of connection and relationship and learning. Because like you said, Pam, if we go to, well, we need to do a kid's class on science, that's its own thing versus maybe it's being mentored by somebody that's really interested in the field that you're interested in and they're an adult and it's more of a one-on-one. -on -one. So yeah, I love that idea of just like kind of unpacking all of those pieces. Right. And right. Like that there's not one right way for community. Yeah. So, I mean, just like everything else we talk about, like there's not just one right path for I'm interested in dance. Okay. It has to be this group class. That's not necessarily the thing. And I love that idea of like, in many cases, socializing with an adult who's super interested in the things that they're interested in, that might feel like a way more, you know, kind of suitable community in certain moments. So I really love that. Um, and I was thinking about um, some of our experiences with kind of in-person community for my, my kids. Um, and so a couple of things that we tried just based on, you know, what I was looking for, what the kids were looking for. And again, just playing with all the possibilities. Um, we really liked hosting park days because mm -hmm. I found just kind of going to that same location at the same time each week was a way to kind of, um, 
I don't know, ha have time for those kind of connections to develop. Because I have found that if we do these kind of one-off, like a class or a one-off, let's all go to the museum, there's not enough kind of free time for the kids to really have a chance to interact. And so since my kids are very introverted, slow to warm, um, we laugh about it with our friends that are now kind of our best, you know, his best friend, um, that it took just months and months of this child following Oliver around and trying to talk to him before they finally really had a, a strong connection. It just took all that time to warm up and, ma and make that connection. And so um, having that regular park day was something that helped us develop friendships. And while most other groups that we saw were doing things like a planned adult-led activity at the park, I was careful to make mine more just open playtime so that the kids could kind of find their buddies and, you know, make connections that way. And that was just, you know, I advertised it in, in early days as just a parenting group. And then as the kids got older, we turned it into a homeschooling group because then yeah. that way it was, we were finding the kids who were available during school hours. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely our experience too. So we were at the time in, in, in a fairly large city on the East coast. And so we had, there were a lot of homeschoolers in the area, but we found that consistency of the park date was exactly that. Like it was just like this known, it felt good. We could do different things. And the only thing I kind of wanted to add to that is we really like thinking about the different ages. I always found this kind of fascinating because with the younger kids, it's a lot more physical in nature. They like to have physical things, the playground equipment, the whatever. And then you get to this teen age where they want to sit. <laughs> they want to sit and they're, chat they're kind of chatting or sometimes they need like a side-by-side -side kind of thing. We did... It's going to, none of the people that did, came to this were particularly sporty, but we would play kickball and it's not super sporty. You know, pretty much anybody can play, but it did allow for a little bit of kind of parallel time for the teens and for those kind of preteens to have something that you're focusing on that's outside yourself, but, but also it's not super involved or competitive. It's just kind of fun. So that was something that worked well for us, but yeah, having that open park day where people could hang out in a place that had different, you know, places to sit, places to climb, places to do, you know, really worked well. I think another piece that was important for kind of our in-person thing is I did a lot of driving. Our city was large and I just was okay with driving to connect with other people and to do, you know, so it wasn't the neighborhood kids. Mm -hmm. It was driving to find people that we could, that were available during the day and that we do. So kind of letting go of some of those tapes of like, oh, you should just be able to swing open the door and there's a pack of kids, you know, thankfully we didn't have that actually. <laughs> I didn't want that. We didn't have it. I was glad, but it did, you know, for some people that's a, a stumbling block to realize like, okay, there's going to be a little bit more facilitation. But I think this may lead into kind of your experience too, Pam, is this, um, the interest driven pieces, you know, as opposed to like, we did do the pieces of like homeschool groups and homeschool things, but we found a lot of connections were made via interests. And I think that was kind of your experience, right? Yeah, Pam, with because your... we did not have yeah. part days yet, you know, yeah. uh, however, 20 odd years ago <laughs> here in Canada, there were just less numbers of homeschoolers, right? So there really wasn't um, that kind of activity to participate in yet. 
like you said, we really went through interests, right? So the nice thing about connecting with people through an interest is, is you've already got that point of connection, right? You don't kind of have to find something to come up in conversation with. Um, so the other fascinating piece too that ties in with what you were saying with the driving piece is like, okay, you've got an interest and you've decided that actually participating in that interest around other people and with other people is something that yeah. they want to try out or you want to try out. And then it was about finding a place that connected for them. So it wasn't, oh, you want to take dance class? Here's the closest dance studio. We've signed you up. Here we go, right? No, there were times when I was driving an hour, hour and a half but to a place that really spoke to them and that really helped them get that experience that they were looking for. Right. So that was a very helpful thing to kind of unpack for myself that, Oh no, why would I, why would I go and drive, you know, a distance when I've got one around the corner, but when you go back to what the desire is, when you go back to this, child or myself like we're a unique person and we're looking for a specific thing when you can find that and find the environment where that can thrive um that it, it just makes a whole world of difference and then from there what we would find and even if it wasn't something unique I remember Lissy and girl guides for a mm -hmm. number of years it was because she was looking for some more connection and activities but not a particular one right she was looking more for that engagement so that served for her for many years and then when we wanted that space that you were talking about Erica because yeah that space to just hang out and see how things unfold and to just let conversations and activities grow when they found someone that they would like to connect more deeply with at the activity, then, you know, I would talk to the parents and invite them back to our house. And that was the thing, too, is being open to being the place where people yeah. would hang out. Maybe I needed to drive and pick up the child and bring them to our house, you know, for that to happen because the parents were maybe busy with a, a sibling or something else. They didn't have time. And for them, it wasn't a huge priority to like drive their kids and some other kid because their kids in a class with 30 other kids like they see other kids all the time you know they weren't prioritizing that but if the other child wanted to come for a visit I would happily put out you know I'll go pick them up and bring them over and take them home whenever you need and yes they can stay over or they can stay for a meal blah 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 but me being um, you know, open to doing that extra little bit because it was accomplishing what we were wanting to do. It was meeting a desire. It was something to try out. And yeah, so far, you know, some lifelong friendships have grow, yeah. grown out of that. And it's just so fascinating to see it in action and to realize that, you know, we don't need to know when we talk about building community, we don't need to know like, yes, there is a community at the end of this path. And I just right. have to quickly walk it as fast as possible. But when I'm open and curious and I see possibilities and we really, again, just what feels good in this moment? What feels like it might help us walk towards this pull that we're feeling? And then seeing how it unfolds um, is just so much more serendipitous things happen I think when we're open to that versus like we must build community right now here we go <laughs> right I feel like that's something we talked about in the network a bit this kind of playing around with 
um, you know, setting up activities for a group and kind of seeing what could come from it. And that was something um, that I had to, you know, as kind of someone who was organizing events for a number of years, I had to really come to terms with being okay with people not showing up or being okay with things kind of, you know, not going according to plan and just trying again. And so, um, one thing that I learned was just to choose activities that I would be happy and our family would be happy to just do, even if no one was there. And so if you are a family, you know, with some extroverts or with some people who do like doing activities in groups, um, it does make a big difference if you're the one willing to plan things because people are always, you know, looking for things to do. And then just, you know, my advice about that would be to just choose things that you'd be happy to do, even if no one shows up, because then there's really no disappointment. You get to do something fun. And if other people come, maybe, you know, you've chosen an activity and then met, you know, someone who enjoys the same thing you do. Yeah, that is exactly what I was going to say, because that that was, you know, we got to a place where we had a pretty good sized group, but there were certainly fits and starts. And that was the key, like talking to my kids. OK, is this something you want to do? I'll put something together because you're so right in that that's the part people don't want to do. And partly it's time and extra kids and all the things. And it's something that I don't mind doing. And so, you know, when I would kind of build it, they really would come because they were so grateful, you know, and again, we lived in a city with a lot of homeschoolers, so we could get homeschool deals. You know, I could make that call and get, you know, super cheap at the trampoline place or at those things. And people were so happy to participate in that. And it did give us you know, just people to share things with. But one of the other things I want to talk about too, in relation to this in-person piece is our, our own needs as adults and as parents, because, um, you know, I think we're all introverts here, but we have varying needs of like, you know, wanting to be around people. But I think what I found, I guess one of the things I want to say is that, um, Sometimes we think we're going to go to the park day and we're going to get our needs met to talk to parents. What I found was that that was not true, <laughs> that I needed to let that part go because I wanted to be there for the kids. Like I was really creating that and that particular environment for the kids to make connections, enjoy themselves and whatever. And often I did need to be even peripherally involved, aware of it, you know, that it wasn't really my time. So then it was like, okay, then what do I do for my time? You know, so then it was finding ways, you know, I had a friend that we did grocery store dates and we also, I found um, sometimes parenting conversations were hard for me so that because, you know, I can get a little worked up about children and <laughs> all of that. So I actually found for me, interest-based was better too. So if I was going to something that maybe was a group about rocks or a group about singing bowls or, you know, something else, like that's what we were talking about. We weren't talking about the curriculum they were using or the what are your kids doing about this or that kind of thing. And so I think the big lesson for me, and it's not going to be a surprise to you two, is just open and curious, <laughs> like don't get tunneled in on it looking one way or a certain way, just really start opening it up to, okay, what are the needs? There's a million different ways to meet it. What can we do? I think it is so valuable and helpful to realize like that, that when I think of building community, I want a community. I don't need a community that meets all my needs. I don't, one group doesn't need to meet all my things. I can have various groups that, you know, support me when I want to talk about singing bowls, you know, yeah. and, and maybe another group is where I come for parenting stuff. 
I remember when I was wanting to build community and there really wasn't, I decided to start a conference and I ran a conference for six years. I kind of forget that now. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. I did that thing. And that was great for bringing some unschooling families kind of out of the woodwork and gathering them in a spot for a couple of days. Um, so that was a lovely way to meet some people that were local-ish because people would would definitely drive to come, but it was nice to just be surrounded for a couple of days with um, other like-minded parents who elite, who were open and curious and wanting to learn. So that was actually a nice connection for parents. And then, you know, we had kids, at, kids of focused activities um, alongside it. And it, what was beautiful was like the, the shared parenting style where, you know, we were totally comfortable with parents coming and going from talks and going, hanging out with their kids and activities, kids coming, running in, looking for their parents, et cetera. So yeah, there are just when you're open and like, Curie, what could I do? There are all sorts of possibilities from letting people know that the, you're at the trampoline place to running a conference. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And right. Like that idea of that we don't have to find a whole family that fits our whole family as a friend <laughs> group. Like that's really, that does give us a little bit of freedom then. So it, we can really look at the individual members of our family. What are we all looking for? And, you know, what I did as far as finding in-person community for myself um, that ended up, I didn't know how it was going to work out, but it did work out so well was doing a book club because, you know, I wanted to find other people who like diving into ideas. I want to find people who are curious and want to learn. And so a book club is something um, that kind of draws that type of personality. And then the books I chose were things like How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and books by Alfie Cohn. And so, you know, it was like, this is kind of what we're going to be talking about. And then I could start to see like, who is that resonating with? Those are the people who kept coming. Then we started reading Pam's books and it became just, you know, a fully unschooling book club. Um, and so that was just a great, you know, for, for a few years, a really good place for me to connect with people on, in person um, who really just, you know, were having the kinds of conversations that I wanted to be having. And it, it really filled my cup. So, um, yeah, I loved that. Yeah. I love that. Like you can just choose the books and like yeah. somebody can pass and say, oh yeah, no, that's not something I'm interested in. They're moving on. It's not a judgment at all, but it's just this kind of call that says, hey, over here, we're chatting about these kinds of things. Are you interested? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so much. And I, but I think that leads us to that, you know, we all live in different types of places, some smaller, some bigger all across the world, you know, when we're talking about who's listening to this podcast, and, and even who's with us on the network. And so I guess the network brings to mind just this idea of, you know, how important online communities were for me. And I think we all will have our stories to share about that. But I, I feel like the online communities, I mean, this is even way back in the day, were critical. Like back then it was Yahoo groups, a little bit primitive. <laughs> and Pam and I have been friends for almost 20 years, probably, you know, meeting on an online group and, you know, and just incredible. And so 
I, you know, what I love is that now we have things like the network where it's just so much more rich, you know, in the tools and how to connect and how it brings us together and having those conversations, because it's very much like you, you kind of alluded to this, Pam, but it's like when we have maybe a more parenting question or something that's happening with our kids, I really wanted to take that to people that got it, you know, like if I was going to ask a co-sleeping question, I wanted somebody that would go, okay, the bolster here and the thing there, and this is how I did it versus, oh, just put them in a crib and you won't have that problem. Because for me, that wasn't what I was interested in. And so just finding that community of people that are thinking about the ideas that are going through similar pieces. I I just felt like that online community was such a rich part of my life. And I have traveled really the world meeting them, you know, since, and that has enriched my life in so many ways. Yeah, I, that's a huge thing, right? <laughs> Go ahead, Erica. Well, I was just going to say online community is real community, which is, I feel like, you know, people can kind of poo-poo it sometimes. It doesn't, it's like, these aren't real, but oh my gosh, with my friends and their connections and with me and my connections, like we know that this is real and and we have such better tools now for connecting online with you know, Marco Polo and discord videos and, you know, video calling and everything. And so I feel like online connections can be so deep and rich and just provide access to a whole world of people in order for us to make, you know, better and deeper connections. Yeah. I remember back, you know, back when we were first connecting Anna online, it was like, those aren't very meaningful, right? When you're an online friend and like, oh my gosh, you're going to go meet someone that you only know online. That's (laughs) right. (laughs) Those were the stories at the time, but yes, I have found them to be such rich and meaningful connections and have lasted for many, many years. (laughs) But as I was thinking about like the value of community for me personally, I just found that being in community with others who are on that same journey, a similar journey, really just helped me learn more. Okay, so maybe it's about what that journey may look like from somebody who's further along. I learned so much about myself, like about different things that I might want to ponder where my blocks are. I find it inspiring to hear how things are going for people who are further along. Like you said, Anna, that's a place where I can take questions and get ideas that like I would really like to think about versus having to discard the first six or seven because it's like, yeah, no, that's not my path. So often if I would ask um, like parenting or even learning kinds of questions in my more conventional group, friend group, et cetera, it would be, you know, send them to school or, you know, send them to their room. Like, and, you know, fine. I can completely understand why those are your answers, but I found it would be a little bit of a disconnect in that relationship. If, they, out of the goodness of their heart, were trying to help me with my issue, and I was going to completely ignore all their suggestions every time. <laughs> so right, I started right. with different communities where I wanted to bring different thoughts, different questions, and I would get different things out of them. So yeah, it wasn't holding one, and it wasn't that it had to be in person. Like there was so much value all over the place, right? 
And I guess that's making me think too, just, you know, we have this vast world and, you know, finding people, Erica, like you were talking about that like to think about the nuances or the ideas, you know, for all three of us, that's important. And like when, you know, Eric and I connected, which was also online, you know, it was just like, ah, you know, oh my gosh, there's so many things, you know, that we can talk about and do and want to process. And like that connection was so deep so quickly. And, you know, I just think how lucky are we? Because, you know, I live in kind of the mid of the United States on the East Coast, and she lives in Miami as far as you can get away, you know, and still be on the East Coast there. And so, and yet, you know, it's this relationship that has been so valuable to me. And there's been so much personal growth, like you said, Pam, like I feel like, and and one of the things I love about the network is, is that very piece. Like there's so much personal growth for me because obviously our kids are grown, you know, Pam and I, and yet like it's such a process of understanding ourselves. You know, we still obviously have our kids in our lives, thankfully. And, you know, I just feel like it's so rich to learn from these other parents that are being so intentional and so just interested in these and talking about the nuances and connecting and just loving up our kids and all of those pieces. And I love the cultural aspects that that opens up to us from people all over the world and what's different for them. You know, I, I just think that cannot be beat you know i just think it's so it's just such a gift of th- being alive in this time right now is that and so i i love that piece um right. erica go and then i want to say something about kids okay. yeah, that's where um, I was going to. <laughs> oh yeah i was just gonna say one more thing like about the network um right like in order to like online communities are so great because they draw the people in you know, according to what that community is. And so if you can find a community that fits you, it's just filled with people who you're going to have fun connecting with. And so for me, like my, you know, the learning that I've, I've had in the last three years, I feel like it's been just exponential, because I'm now in this online community that really fits like, what I like to think about and talk about, and, you know, just all these amazing things come up. So I think, you know, finding, like being able to travel around the world, finding these individual people who are such a good fit would be just this impossible thing if it were not for online groups. And really, it's the same in other groups that I've been on, you know, on Facebook or, you know, just different places on the internet about certain things. So, you know, finding people that love to talk about the things that you're interested in is just super great. And you can't always find that in person where you live. And so, yeah, I just love what we have available. Yeah. And, and so where I'm going to go with that and then Pam to you is that it's the same for kids because, you know, realistically, again, the geographic age, you know, of wherever we happen to live, that can be a very small pool, but, you know, both of my kids have met people from all over the world, still have lifelong relationships a decade later um, that they connected with over gaming or other interests, you know, in different ways. And so there's so many tools to help our kids take advantage of this rich online environment that again, like you said, Pam, can sometimes get this kind of scary rap and, oh, that's not safe, but there really are ways to navigate that world in a way that is super enriching. Yeah. And I mean, and we've talked about it in many episodes before, like we can just go back to our navigating technology episodes, you know, and, but it's like a night and day difference when, because we're cultivating um, connected relationships with our kids. So, and our kids know that when they want to do something, we're going to help them figure out ways to do it. Um, So they're not worried about sharing 
pieces so much when they're ready to share them. Right, right. Um, you know, it's not an expectation, <laughs> but, you know, when they need your help to try and, you know, go meet another family, meet up with a friend, you know, we're there helping them trying to figure that out and connecting with the other parents and, and all those pieces. Um, but yes, that's where I was going. They can find that's that's the interesting thing, like the same way we found that it's so fun to connect with other people who want to think about whatever the particular interest is that we want to dive into. And, you know, maybe it goes from just following some people on Instagram or on Facebook just to start getting an idea. And then then maybe digging a bit deeper, maybe finding a group that starts talking about it and then maybe more of a Agree. Like there are different levels to it, and it depends on how connected we would like that community to become, right? So it's not that I have to dive into the deep end right away. I can kind of dip my toe in and start having an idea. And it's the same with our kids. Like our kids can have interests that maybe there aren't a lot of people locally that are interested in that same thing. So they can find that connection and that conversation that they're looking for, that enriches their lives, that helps them learn, that helps them feel part of a community. They are part of a community. Like I just, I look at Lissy, she connected um, online around photography. There weren't a lot of kids, you know, high school age kids who there were some who were interested in it, but they didn't have a lot of time to, you know, they're just busy with classes and things. Um, so she found online community at the time that was through Flickr. And, you know, that really sustained her for a number of years. And then she's like, oh, you know, I really want in person. I want to start finding my tribe, like face to face, which you know, initiated her moving to New York City when she was 18, because that's what she was looking for. But oh my gosh, you know, we just set that up as kind of a two month thing. You know, let's try it out, go see what it's like. And, you know, she was very excited with what she found, and then wanted to stay there. So, you know, working that out for her, it was it's again, it's a journey. We always go back to it's a journey. You don't know where it's going to end up, but it's like, I'm going to try this next step. This next step looks really interesting. I'm really curious about it. Open and curious, find, oh, here's a way that we can kind of make that happen. And you work together and the thing happens. And then how did that unfold? How did people feel? Did we want to, you know, take the next step into the pool or, or whatever metaphor you want to use? But that's just an example of how community can grow and how, you know, online community can be beautifully enriching at times. And then at times you're like, I'm looking for, you know, in-person community and oh my gosh, I need to go to another country. <laughs> you know, I mean, she had an agent here who told her, like, I'll never forget that at our first meeting, I don't know, she was 15, whatever. Um, but she said, you know, if you really want to work, it needs to be New York or LA. <laughs> and like that seed was planted. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. You know, that is where the vibrant communities are. And she spent years, I don't know, eight years or so in New York. And then a year and change ago, she moved to LA and it's finding another vibrant community. And literally the other week she was telling me about the difference. 
between the creative communities in those two cities. And like LA is vibing for her right now. It's really fitting who she feels she's become. And like, she just loves it there, but that's it. And so her community has changed yet. She's had, has New York people fly out and stay with her and hang out with her. And, you know, LAP, like, it's just so fun to watch how our communities can unfold and how we can cultivate them and how we can find new ones. And it really does, I think, just help, like we talked about at the beginning, to take the expectations off it and to understand what our true desires are. What are we really looking for? And then not like we have to beeline right there. It's like, okay, so this is kind of what I think I'm looking for. What's a step I can take now? in that direction and valuing whether, you know, that's online or in person, it really doesn't matter because you can get value out of that. And it doesn't mean like that you're stuck there forever. It's not a feeling of stuck. It's like, let me try this out and see what I discover about myself and about uh, the other people. Yeah. I feel like I get but oh my gosh yes I just love the idea right I mean it's such a valuable way to look at it of just right no one right way it's just a journey and it was reminding me of you know something I heard of like the more true you are true to yourself that you are being the easier it is to connect with community that will actually suit you right so like if you're being true about you know, your interests and what you like to do and and the kind of conversations you like to have and all of that kind of stuff, then you're more easy, easily able to find the connections that fit. And so I think the way that our kids' lives are is really set up perfectly to be able to kind of follow that because they can really just be themselves and and follow the things that they're interested in and what they want to do. And we have this whole world of potential community online and in person. And, you know, the fact that my kids have seen me make online friends and then go visit them, they're like, oh, so that's possible too. You know, really the whole world is open for us. (laughs) And since I've visited um, Virginia and visited Anna, Maya keeps saying, I'm going to live in Virginia one day. It's so beautiful. And so I don't know, it just kind of like opens up the world. You know, it's not, we're not just in this one place. And really, as long as we are following kind of, you know, what our, what is it, our inner voice is telling us, then yeah, it's awesome. Right. And I love that. And just like a funny story from our lives. So like Raylan was 13 and she was on the two years prior to that had been on an unschooling gamers group and had made connections. And so a mom that I had met in person, but actually lived in Maine. So I'm we're in Virginia. We were in North Carolina at the time, Maine there. We decided to fly sight unseen to meet these boys that they had been gaming with um, on the West Coast in Washington State you know, it's a huge flight. It's a big deal. And people thought we were nuts at the time to like, you know, what are you doing? You don't know these people at all. And even, and these boys' parents were like, this is a little bit weird. And yet they're now 10 years, 11 years later, you know, they're getting married. They're still in touch. They are, you know, these were these rich friendships. And I think that comes from just, again, opening it up. Just, there's not one right way. There's not one avenue to making friends and making connections. And so as unschoolers, we have this whole world to choose from and to explore and to be a part of. And and like you saw with Maya, it just opens up this idea of I can be friends anywhere. We can travel anywhere. We can meet people. We can figure things out. And I don't know. I just, I love that 
the energy of that is so much more expansive. So I think one of the things I want to end on for me is, you know, if you feel yourself feeling constricted about community, like listen to this, breathe this in because it's really expansive. Like it really can be this expansive idea of all the different options, so many different ways to make connections locally, online, in person with travel, like all of these things. And when we come from that expansive place, like that's when we see the opportunities just start appearing. Yeah, I had one other thing pop to mind that I forgot to mention earlier with the kids stuff. Um, You know, like sometimes there are kids who are super extroverted who will play with anyone they meet at any time. And that's okay too. Like I've seen parents worry about like, but they don't have friends. But if you're going to the park and they're playing with kids and they're having a great time and they don't, you know, if if that's not something that the child is worrying about, it's that the, there's the no one right way thing again about right. that too. And and just, you know, really listening to what the individual members of the family are saying and, and just yeah. knowing there's lots of options. Yes. Yes. I love that piece. It is the individual person, like what are their needs? What? And again, like you were saying, just like if they're enjoying whatever it is they're doing, like there's your answer for now, right there, right? You know, so that's just another piece of the puzzle. That's who my child is, you know, and that's how they like to engage with the world right now. Yeah, we can get ourselves in our head, you know, worried about, oh, but the other thing, the other way. Okay, well, thank you so much. That was so much fun. Yes. Loved it. And thanks to everyone listening for joining us. We hope you too have enjoyed our conversation about building community and will find it helpful on your unschooling journey. Wishing you a lovely day. Bye. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the growing podcast archive. The conversations never go out of date. You can find more information about my books, the Living Joyfully Network online community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit online course at my website, livingjoyfully.ca.